Hey, it's Brother Dell again of Gospel of Repentance Ministries. God bless you for tuning in. Hey, I want to talk about a serious matter that's dealing with members in the body of Christ. And it's dealing with the, what the Bible calls in the first letter of John, the sin unto death. And the question on the table that I would like to answer is what is the sin unto death now in my earlier years in my faith in uh, the Bible I thought it was a specific sin that John was talking about in relation to uh, that statement and so I was always scratching my head and wondering what did he mean by that what is the sin unto death can we know exactly what that is that he says that we are not to pray for it and so to answer that question what I want to do is look at a scenario an account in the Bible where a heinous sin was being committed and that account is in 1st Corinthians chapter 5 and I'm gonna read the entire chapter so that you can understand the entirety of the context all right so first corinthians chapter 5 and it goes like this it says it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans for a man has his father's wife okay so let me uh stop right there what is going on is that paul is not in the corinthian church at this time that he's writing this but the church at Corinth had questions that they needed to talk to Paul about so they wrote to him so he's writing back to them and in his letter he's replying to the questions that they initially asked him so apparently what was going on in the church that he had to address this um, gross sin was that there was incest going on or at the very least a man was having a sexual relationship with his stepmother whether it's his mother or his stepmother it still was a gross sin and it was something that had to be dealt with and the problem with the church at Corinth is that they, they had not dealt with it and they should have dealt with it so Paul didn't have to deal with it actually from a distance but nevertheless let me continue reading it says it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans for a man as his father's wife and you are arrogant ought you not rather to mourn let him who has done this be removed from among you for though absent in body I am present in spirit and as if present I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing verse 4 when you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus you are to deliver this man listen to this this is very very strong language deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord verse 6 your boasting is not good do you not know that a little, little leaven leavens the whole lump cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened for Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed verse 8 let us therefore celebrate the festival not with the old leaven the leaven of malice and evil but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. 
I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Now listen to this. Not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler. Not even to eat with such a one. But what have I to do with judging outsiders? It is, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? <laughs> so this is an interesting side note real quick. So for those that say that that we're not to judge it says right here that we are to judge so you hear a lot of people even Christian says don't judge me only God can judge that's actually not true all right but I'll, I'll, I'll keep going verse 13 this is the last verse of the chapter God judges those outside purge the evil person from among you now this is like I said this is a very serious situation which requires a serious uh, remedy because of the, the the heinous act that is being portrayed in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, mind you. This is God's holy building. This is God's holy sanctuary. And yet this gross sin is happening in the Corinthian church. Now notice what Paul said. They He said they were arrogant. In other words, they were proud of the fact that this man was having a sexual relationship with his mother or his stepmother, which was a, a grievous and heinous act. He said, Paul said, these things are not even among, even uh, named among the pagans, the Gentiles, the, 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 those who are outside of the faith. They're not even doing this, and you're doing it, and, and you're proud of it. What's wrong with you? He says, I've already pronounced judgment on this person. He says, give his body over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. In other words, if he and her are going to engage in unrepentant, habitual, sinful behavior, then they'd be better off dead. And that's exactly what he's saying. So I'm making that point. I'm bringing that account up to to go to the whole thing about what is a sin unto death? What is what is sin unto death? Excuse me. And in this instance, it would be sexual immorality. So it's not one specific solitary sin that is a sin unto death. All sin is can be deadly, depending upon the severity of the sin and the response the response of the sinner to their sin. And what I mean by that is if a person repents of their sin, then that's not a sin unto death. And you can pray for that. But if a person is in habitual, unrepentant, uh sin then we're not to pray for that and so to prove my point let me go over to the book of first john all right bear with me and i'm going to travel over to first john which is toward the end of the new testament so first john chapter five and we're going to start around verse 13 how about that okay okay first john chapter five verse 13 it says, I write these things to you, believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. Verse 16, this is the key verse. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, not leading to death, all right? 
he shall ask, and God will give him life. In other words, the sinning brother or sinning sister. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death. In other words, God is saying if a person is in sin, a brother, a sister is in sin, that means a Christian, they're in sin, pray for them that they may have life, and God will uh, prolong their life. All right? All right, I'm reading on. There is a sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is a sin that does not lead to death. All right? So, once again, to make the distinction, a sin unto death is a sin where a believing member is an unrepentant, habitual just sin, whether they're committing a sexual sin of adultery or fornication or whether they maybe they have a problem with stealing, with lying. So any type of sin that's un, that, where there's an unbroken pattern that they're not repenting of sin, they're not asking for help, they're not getting counsel, they're not praying to the Lord to help them break their sinful habits. They're living like a sinner, living like an unsaved person. That person is going to be cut off. In other words, in, in actuality, you may look at it like this to cut them off will be an act of mercy on God's part. In other words, to, just to end their life. I mean, their life will end uh, quicker than it should because God has a plan for the life of those whom he saves. But if a person is going to be in habitual, unrepentant and an unbroken pattern of sin, that is a sin that leads to death. And that is a, and that is a situation where the Bible commands us not to pray. And what a shameful uh, commentary that is that a person would be in such a bad way in their relationship with God that God would say don't pray for them because it is ultimately his desire to end their life in other words he's going to take their breath away in a bad way I mean in the worst way in, 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 the, uh, in the ending of their life way because of the unbroken patterns and so this is very serious stuff uh, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, this is serious stuff. So there, that would be the distinction between a sin unto death and a sin not leading to death. Now, say if a person just is lying or is having a problem with 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 cussing, their tongue is getting them in trouble, and then you pull them aside and say, "Hey, listen, I noticed that you've been popping off at the mouth a whole lot lately, and because I love you, I want to kind of tell you that you need to you need to knock that off." And and they hear you. They feel convicted because they know what they're doing is wrong. Is just but they're letting their emotions run away from their clear sense of judgment. And so you pray for them, and you ask with them. You get an agreement with them that God will forgive them of their sin of of the tongue, because you know the Bible commands us that we're not to bless and curse out of the same mouth. That is a uh, that's that's sin. We are not to do that. So. A person that understands their sinfulness and they repent of their sin, that is a sin that's not leading to death. And contrast that once again with a person who refuses to repent. They've been confronted. They've been judged in a loving way, biblically and everything, and they have refused to repent. They will continue their unbroken pattern of sinful behavior. That's a person that you're not to pray for. You're to... The, uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 that I just read a moment ago to give that person over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh. 
that their soul will be saved in the day of the Lord. So therein lies the contrast. And I hope that I made it clear to those who perhaps had a question about that. Maybe maybe you've had a question about that passage of scripture for years or months, or maybe you never even thought of it at all. But hopefully I've provided some clarification for you on that particular passage in uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 16. And I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Once again, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Uh, enjoy your turkey, your yams, your ham, your, your potato salad, your whatever else you eat. And uh, just be safe and God bless and talk to you soon.